Welcome to Under the Hood Podcast. In this podcast, we pop the hood and give you an inside look at the hows and whys of our ministry here at Cornerstone Church. I'm Michael Knave, your host. For this episode, it is such a privilege to welcome Alex Crane to the table, who is our production director right here at Cornerstone. Alex, it is great to have you here today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So before we jump into this conversation, I got to stop and tell a little Easter story. Like Easter is not very far behind us right now. And when I came in for rehearsal on that Wednesday night, I came up into the crow's nest, as, as we commonly call it. There was like an army, like think um, guys everywhere. There were, there were some on cameras downstairs and then more people up in the booth. And of course, up on stage, there were like 11 more people. There were like 22 people in the room with production and worship. And I'm telling you what, Alex, you have an incredible team. It was such an inspiration that that night I went home and I told Carol Ann, I am somewhere between totally inspired and totally intimidated. This team is doing such a great job. I don't want to mess it up on Easter weekend. So Alex, I am so proud of you and so thankful for the team that you have been growing. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, we have some great people here. It's been a joy getting to know everyone. So Alex, I asked you to come on and help me explain one of our core values. Um, You being a relatively new team member, provide a really neat perspective to talk about something that has become a core value of who we are and why we do what we do. But before we jump into that, let's pause for just a moment, introduce your family, kind of tell us a little bit of your story, and then we'll we'll come around and, and talk about how you ended up at Cornerstone. So Alex, introduce us to you. Sure. Yeah. So I'm Alex. Um, my wife, Heather, and I have been married for almost 11 years. We have our son, Amory, who started kindergarten this year. <laughs> Heather and I are both from Southern Illinois originally, uh, but we lived in Tennessee for 10 and a half years. And in our time in Tennessee, I, was, I had the opportunity to uh, tour as an audio engineer. I got to do studio work as a recording and mixing engineer. And sometime around... When Emory was born, we started going to New Vision at their Buchanan campus, okay. which was right across the road from the school that Heather worked at. And I was volunteering there, helping run sound, do some production things. And at some point, they offered me a job there. And I was there for four and a half years, and it really helped me find direction and figure out what my calling is yeah. in church production ministry. Okay. So you you sensed God calling you into church production yeah, ministry. Absolutely. And and how long had you been there before we came into contact with you? Uh it, I'd been there for about four years, I believe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so now bring us up to your time at with Cornerstone. So Travis McGill was on our team. Actually, he was here helping you just, yes, a, just a couple weeks huge ago. Help. Great guy. And he went on to Dave Ramsey's organization. Like he's a programmer coordinator or a coder for them. And man, he was bragging on you of recognizing how you have taken production to the next level. So Travis was leaving and then you reached out to us. Remind me of those pieces. Yeah. So during COVID, like a lot of people, it gave us a lot of time to think and reflect. 
And Heather and I started feeling like it was time to be closer to our families. Yeah. And so in that conversation, those conversations, we kind of thought that it could take me a couple of years to find a job up here. And I jumped on Google and found a very short list of churches up here that seemed to fit the style and could possibly have a need Mm -hmm. for what I do. And there weren't any job postings. So I just sent my resume and basically said, hey, if you ever need anything, you know, keep me in mind. Yep. Well, a few days later, I got an email back from Dustin and he said, hey, we actually have an opening. So we set up a couple of interviews and here we are. (laughs) So good. And I am so glad that you are here. Uh, Travis and Alex are are flourishing down in Nashville and we're so glad that God sent you here, taking it to the next level. So for our conversation today, I want to talk about this core value that we call savvy like a startup. Now, let, let me kind of describe for everyone what, what we mean by that. So at a church level, that means that we do a lot with relatively little, like our budget's smaller than some of the churches out there. And we are really proud of what we do with what we have. So we do not put a bunch of waste in the budget. We do not spend more than what is received. And our budget is really careful to make sure we're aligned to mission priorities and we're careful about the long-term implications. And even when we have a little extra, whenever that happens, we still don't get flippant with how that money is spent. Now for staff and somebody like you, Alex, um, that means that we're frugal, We're not afraid of making a big investment if it's crucial, like a big payoff. And and we know that it's kind of expensive to be first to market. Like if you're innovating, that can be expensive. And so we are willing to use other people's stuff, to learn from what other churches are doing if we can do it cheaper. And then when we figure out something's not working. We want to fail fast, make the adjustment, and get going again. So when you first talked with Dustin and Nathan about what we used to call thrifty excellence, uh, and now we would call it savvy like a startup, what, what was your first reaction to that? I mean, you're coming from the Nashville metro area. Production is expensive, technology. What, what was your first reaction to that? Well, I really resonated with that, honestly. Because when I had my studio down in Tennessee, um, studio gear is really expensive. Mm -hmm. So I had to be very frugal and I spent a lot of time building cables. I built a lot of my own equipment. Um, So that that just resonated with me a lot. Super, super. And when when you first were were having conversations here, we we talked about thrifty excellence. And if and if you are interested in hearing about that, in episode three, Dustin and I had that conversation. We, we called it refreshing authenticity because we talked about how important it is that excellence not be the goal, or really we've shifted and made ourselves the hero of the story. But God deserves our best, and so we talk about that tension between vulnerability and excellence. And and now when we explain this principle, we would talk about how we are savvy like a startup. So when you come into that, sometimes kind of like when you get married and you're really attracted to your spouse, or when you meet someone for the first time, you're like, I really like that person. Sometimes after you become a friend or a spouse, you realize, oh, I used to like that. And now it's really, really annoying uh, how spontaneous they are or how loud they are or whatever it might be. Has there been a place where 
Savvy Like a Startup sounded good on paper or in principle, but then it became frustrating in the world of production? Yeah. It hasn't been that frustrating because I do believe in using what you have and using it to its fullest potential. But whenever you have equipment, say lights that are starting to lose their color yeah, or constantly blowing fuses right before service or blowing lamps, <laughs> there's a lot of maintenance costs with that. And it also eats up the majority of my week having to do all of that maintenance. So I can't focus on other things that I should be focusing on. So, so how, how do you kind of fight that balance? You know, for, for, if you have a car, maybe you're looking at a car that's getting several miles on it. And you're like, oh, is the transmission going to go bad? I got a balance. Do I get a new car payment or do I outlay this much money or do I keep doing some maintenance stuff? Like, how do you, how do you begin balancing a piece of technology that's getting a little bit of age on it? Now you have to do more maintenance versus let's just go buy a new one. How, how do you fight that tension? When it starts becoming a distraction in service, okay, then if it's happening just at random, it's time to replace it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Tad Anglin was bragging about what you pulled off on Easter weekend. You had two cables go bad out of nowhere. Yeah. What kind cables, of cables were those? They're SDI cables. They're video cables. And those cables had been in place for a year and a half. So they should not have gone bad. Shouldn't have gone bad. But they did. Well, kudos. Well done. I don't know how you keep all that stuff going and and keep everything like even a maintenance log and the things that do need to be replaced. So absolutely wonderful. Thank you for doing that. Now, now shift to the other end of the spectrum. Uh, Just because we're savvy like a startup doesn't mean we never make crucial, sometimes expensive purchases. So go ahead and give us an, an example of a time, maybe recently, that we spent some money to buy that, which was really important, crucial, uh, made a big difference. Sure. Yeah. Savvy like a startup does not mean cheap. It does mean that we don't just throw money at problems, though. Ooh. I think we have to find that middle ground and find the best solution that meets our needs now and gives us time to grow in the future. So one example is all those old lights. Yep. We got to do a pretty significant lighting upgrade last year. We were able to purchase some of the stage lightings, which is the colored lights that you see in the back. But the biggest upgrade we were able to do was honestly the least exciting to me. Oh, really? And that was upgrading all the key lights, which is the white light shining on the front of the stage. Now, wait a minute. Are you least excited about those because those are the ones that shine on me? Was that a personal jab, Alex? Just maybe a little bit, (laughs) but but we'll talk about that later. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Okay. Uh, That's a great example of of saying, hey, this is going to cost a little bit of money, but it's worth it because this is uh, eating our time and money with maintenance, and it's going to make a crucial difference to pull off uh, what we need to get done effectively. Okay, now now zoom ahead a little bit. What are, what are some things that you see coming up? Might, might be a significant purchase, might be something you've planning uh, been planning for a while. Uh, what for those of us who enjoy the production technology elements? What what are some things that you see coming in the future? Sure. Well, we just purchased two Red Komodo camera rigs, and Dax Pogue from CSD Group is about to fly out and help us get those all set up, and he's going to do a training night with the team. After that, there's two avenues that I really want to explore, one dealing with sound, the other dealing with projection. And in addition to that, uh, I'm also working with Glenn Davis, who's a designer, and he's working on some mock-ups for new stage designs for us that we hope to put in this summer. 
Okay, now, did you say you're buying a Komodo dragon? Is Komodo that? dragon, a red Komodo dragon. <laughs> <laughs> and so what, what does that mean for a camera? What, what's that? A is red... It, uh, Red is the company and the Komodo is the model of the camera. Okay. And it's actually a cinema camera that we have outfitted for broadcast use. Ah, and so what will I see that's different? What will we as a church, what, what will be noticeable? Colors. Ah. Color accuracy is very big with these. It's great. You know, it is It is funny how many times that I've had somebody come up to me in the foyer and say, oh, I thought your sweater was purple and it's black or, you know, those kind of things that with, with lighting and then cameras and all of that looks a little bit different. Yeah. We're hoping to fix all that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so fun. Hey, hey, you've, you've talked a lot about um, technology and lights and stage and cameras and stuff. I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't even know what an SDI cable is. Just quick confession of all the stuff that you get to do as production director, what do you love most about your job? So I enjoy the technology side, but I really enjoy raising up others and training them and being able to send them out even to other churches um, just to help spread the Word of God. Mm. Are, are you finding opportunities to serve other churches in our region to, to consult with or go visit and look at lights and sound and that kind of stuff? Yeah, I've had the opportunity to go to several churches and look at sound systems and some lighting things. Yeah, it's been a great opportunity. Ah, I love that we get to be a part of what we would say around here is the big C church. And and it really thrills me that you as a technician have as a really high aspiration and enjoyment the part of your job where you get to bless other churches, get to help new leaders grow in what they do to be part of something even bigger than us. And if if that is for you a new principle, you can go back to episode five, listen to our discussion about bigger than us, because at Cornerstone, um, we're kind of little C in comparison to the big C Church of Jesus. Alex, it has truly been a privilege, a joy to have you on here talking about technology stuff, helping guys like me who don't know a lot about technology even more appreciate what your team has to get done so that we can do what God has called us to do. Alex, thank you for being a part of today's podcast. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. 